Eric, you're seven stars, right? I am, yeah. Okay. Just, I just want to make sure I don't, you know, mess anything up here. <laughs> uh, I don't. Does that count as credentials? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm gold. Okay. That counts as credentials. Gold oh, status. Oh, oh, I will. I will get you past gold status in one trip. Hello, it is Wednesday, August 31st, and this is episode 23 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. My name is Craig Stone with Kyle Askin. Howdy. And we have a special guest tonight, master harvester of comps and a recreational gambler, Eric Rosenthal. Uh, We brought him on because this is something that we are admittedly not experts on, but get asked about fairly regularly. Uh, We are... Not high rollers or anywhere close. We have not done the comp harvesting thing. Um, you know, I play a little bit of my Vegas, but I don't think that counts. So we figured what better way to answer all these questions than to bring in someone who actually knows something about it. So welcome, Eric, to the podcast, our first ever podcast guest on Do For A Win. Hey, guys. Hello and howdy. Honored to be here. <laughs> Thanks for being <laughs> on. Do- yeah, how you doing tonight? Wonderful. How about yourself? Good. Very good. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I think for, for us, this, this does make a lot of sense because it's something that, that we've talked a little bit about on the podcast. And um, it's something that I know that some of the things we've said have been corrected by people like Eric uh, in our Facebook group. So it's something that I feel like if, if this is something that people want to learn more about, we may as well actually give them good information. So that's why we brought Eric on. So do you want to talk a little bit about yourself, Eric, and sort of how you got started in gambling or in uh, comp harvesting, as you call it? Okay, sure. So um, a lot of things in life have to do with timing. And I had come across uh, the Gambling with an Edge podcast right around the time that Revel was going through uh, their meltdown. And having loved Revel, and I loved being there, and I was a relatively uh, small player. Um, I would get some offers from them, but nothing special, but that was always where I wanted to go. And they had put out a promotion. I got a postcard in the mail that said, uh, gamblers wanted, you can't lose. And they were willing to rebate uh, up to $100,000 in losses. I didn't play anywhere near at that level, uh, but it was intriguing. I went around to a couple of my friends who are also recreational gamblers, and I said, well, you know, this this seems like something we need to take a look at. Um, professionally, I'm in uh, insurance, and pulling risk is a big part of what we do. And I came up with this plan that um, we would pull our money, pull our resources, and we would really make a go at it. And I would say that we played at a much higher level than any of us uh, had imagined uh, we would. And um, prior to doing that, you know, we got all the details in writing. We knew uh, the I's were dotted, the T's were crossed, and, you know, whatever loopholes that they would have. And we went down to Revel, and we lost a lot of money. We lost way more money than way more money than we thought possible. We didn't really understand the math, but you know you can't lose, right? That's what they said. So that's what they said. That is what they said. That's what they said. So we understood that uh, the losses were only on slots. We were blackjack and craps players, but you know for the promotion we would go along with it, and we knew that losses would be um, rebated in the form of free play. And we figured, you know, all right, if we get two goes around, how bad could it really be? And as it turned out, uh, it sparked a hobby, a passion, uh, way, way more than I ever imagined it would be. Um, We put up some really big numbers under one card. And it appeared to the casino um, that I was somebody that they wanted to have back down. So I don't remember exactly what the dates were, but I think it ran through, let's say, July, the end of July, and then they would start the rebate in September. 
So we went down the, the very last day of the promotion. So either we were going to win, you know, around break even, or if we were going to lose, let's, let's do it all at once and, you know, play the game. Well, shortly after that day, hosts started calling me. Before the lost rebate ever kicked in, I started getting promotional mailers from Revel. They were offering me $1,000 in free play to come down in addition to the lost rebate, in addition to whatever the host was offering me. And, you know, I was sitting in this suite overlooking the water, this unbelievable suite. I've still never been in a better room. And it was because the casino thought that I had gambled way more than I had. And the offers that were coming were based upon my play, and they didn't even factor in that it was all on a promotion. So it kind of dawned on me that the host, the regular marketing department that handles the mailers, things of that nature, they're not necessarily on the same page and or they don't have the same agenda. While they, you know, both want to bring us in and, you know, get us to lose money, they answer to different people or they operate differently and they didn't know. So by the time that that loss rebate started, I would show up and get a large number in loss rebate. I would get a large number in free play based upon um, whatever offer they were giving. I'd get a beautiful room. Um, everything was comped. I'd bring my family down, my friends down. We didn't pay for anything. This was all off of this one event of pooled money that, you know, I drew the lucky straw that it went in my name as opposed to somebody else's. And it dawned on me at that point that, you know, I, I think I'm onto something here and I need to do a little bit of research. So we went through and I would say between the free play and the offers, you know, we probably netted collectively as a group. And there were five of us that chipped in um, $15,000. Not that there were any tremendously huge wins in there. We had a couple of hand pays, but nothing, um, nothing to write home about. But all of the additional offers that they gave us just added up to so much more than we put into play. And a couple of things came out of this. We figured out that working as a team really, really helps. We figured out that it's much better for one person to have a tremendously high ADT, uh, average daily theoretical. Um, you know, one person who looks like a much larger loser is a lot better than five people who look like, you know, they had an average stay. And the offers continued to come in. And then when Revel closed, everybody was matching Revel's offers, Revel's tier, Revel's program. You know, it was, a, it was a tough time for Atlantic City then. And everybody that was sticking around was hungry for players. And the offers just kept coming. And one was better than the next. And, um, you know, a couple of us, we kind of rolled up our sleeves. We're, um, we're, we're casino nerds. We're, you know, that's, that's kind of what we are. Um, and we figured out, you know, probably four or five things that you can do, one can do, anybody can do, where you can extract substantially more out of a casino for the same amount of play that you want. Um, you just need to be a little bit smarter about it. And there's nothing that we're doing that is illegal, immoral, you know, unless you think gambling's immoral, but, you know, nothing, um, nothing that shouldn't be done. Um, and there are people who came before us that did a fair amount of research. We started reading and, you know, we'd compare notes. And uh, a big key to this is, you know, you get a group of like-minded people who are after the same result and they have a little bit of passion and they're willing to do the homework. And we help each other and we make sure that everybody's kind of taken care of and we take turns who's going to be the big player this trip. And it, it winds up being way, way more uh, in return as far as comps are concerned. Um, you know, whether it's a um, you can't lose promotion, you know, we're probably never going to see anything like that again. Uh, but, you know, these casinos run promotions all the time and you just need to evaluate the deal. Um, so, I'm, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
Oh, so I just wanted to ask you about the You Can't Lose promotion, because this actually made a lot of news when it happened, um, you know, certainly well before we started the podcast. But, you know, Revel actually got sued over that because the deal with You Can't Lose was it was advertised very heavily as you'd get 100% of your loss back. I think it was in the throughout the month of July or some segment of July that included, I think, July 4th weekend. So a pretty big uh, time to be down in AC. And the way that they paid it out was that it was over there was some delay i think right like a month or two months until september and then you got five percent of your loss back in free play every week for the for 20 straight weeks so so did that fact did you know that going in did that factor into how you gamed it um or was the sort of disconnect that you talked about where well the offers started coming in anyway and then this is just sort of hedging that uh, did that all factor into your calculations? Yeah, so uh, one of the members of my group is a lawyer, and I had him speak with the host and get the details and you know, kind of get everything in writing that we needed. We were aware of that ahead of time. Um, we, well, at least three of us, we are within an hour of Atlantic City, at least from work. And the way that it ran was most, uh, I I think they had two weeks where uh, there was a discrepancy, but generally the week ran Wednesday to Tuesday. So if the week ran Wednesday to Tuesday, if we went down Tuesday night after work, we could take care of the current week on Tuesday, stay over, and in the morning, Wednesday morning, we would get the next week, and then it took 20 trips down to 10. Wow. And, right, and it didn't. It didn't really matter. Uh, Six a.m. is the beginning of the gaming day, so I don't think anybody missed a day of work. I mean, we <laughs> just kind of, we, we just, you know, they make the rules and we adhere to their rules, and you know, you just need to be able to find out what they are before you, you know, put a fair amount of money at risk. Um, I think they had two weeks where we had to do it differently. So it may not have been just 10 trips, but conceptually, I mean, even when it came down to the dates when the money was available, I mean, we knew when we had to be there, how we had to be there. Um, You know, it was a large enough loss that we had to check with the host every time we came in so they could load the money on the card. You know, there was a, um, a blueprint. You know, we understood what we were getting into. Um, and you know, thank goodness it, it worked out, but, um, you know, as a whole, we were kind of able to look at, all right, you know, within two standard deviations, this is how much we can expect to lose. And, you know, it, it, it was good. It was good. It, it could have been better, but, you know, once, once we figured out that these, um, big blips on the radar get noticed and they don't just get noticed by Revel, they get noticed by any independent host who's associated with Revel and has the ability to look at that. It was a game changer. So, well, I know for one thing, you're speaking Kyle's language right now with the, uh, two standard deviations because when, <laughs> yeah. when he did diamond yeah. in a day, which is very, I, very much, a an easier calculation than what you're talking about. Uh, he had a whole spreadsheet that he showed I, me about. I had a spreadsheet and I, I had figured out what within a, you know, these, this is like, if I lose, if I'm like what the bottom, what the 5% expectation for me is. So like the, the most I could like really theoretically lose if I, you know, did the exact same. Yeah. Right. So you mentioned that you were sort of the beneficiary with the card. Did your friends feel like they got the short end of the stick or did you, how did you sort of work that out among your friends? I mean, we talked about the group gamble, I think a couple episodes ago, but how, you know, in this situation, there's so much value to being the guy whose card is in the machine. How did you work that out? So the money was split five ways. So there was no monetary gain on my end. However, obviously the comps and the status um, went in my name. And once we figured out what to do, we just share and we take turns. So we do the same thing while there isn't a you can't lose promotion going on. There are promotions regularly that I will not call them an advantage play. You have a negative expected value minus the comps, but we go away for, you know, 
the weekend, we have a wonderful time. And, you know, next time player B is the one who gets the, uh, the action in their name. And we do this through a couple of different networks. So I happen to be a total rewards guy. Um, I have one friend who's an M life fan. And, you know, when we do that at an M life property, I'm assuming when, uh, Borgata changes over, that's going to become a, uh, fairly regular play. You know, there are offers and promotions that make it worthwhile and not at the same level that we did with the, you can't lose, but you know, if you have a good relationship with a host, you can find out what type of action is needed to get the type of comps that you want. You just need to be direct. So you mentioned, uh, you know, I don't know if we're totally jumping out of order here for you, but you mentioned um, hosts that have access to the Revel information. And I've, for me and Kyle, I think, who are not big gamblers and who have never dealt with a host, honestly. So, you know, really, that's why <laughs> if you needed proof that we need to bring someone in to talk about comms, there it is. Uh, you know, I always assume sort of there's a host at Caesars, there's a host at Bally's, there's a host at Borgata, there's a host at Trump Taj Mahal. I mean, there are many hosts at all these places, but but you mentioned independent hosts who have access to, say, like Revels sure. Network or Total Rewards. What is that, and sort of how do you take advantage of that? Okay, so hosts come in a couple of different um, flavors, we'll call them. So an independent host uh, sometimes is a junket rep, um, they run trips. They, um, they're paid by the casino to bring players in. Uh, when they bring you in, you become coded to them at that particular casino. And they usually have um, a pretty wide variety of networks that they have access to, which means my play at Caesars could be evaluated by an independent host who could then extend a comp to me either at Mohegan Sun or at um, Golden Nugget. Um, I don't know any that do both Total Rewards and M-Life. They may exist. Uh, Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas. There's, there's a lot of different uh, options. So some hosts are employees of the company. There are some hosts that are actually on site. Um, in rare occasions, do I use an on-site host? I prefer national casino marketing within the Total Rewards Network. Uh, the gentleman that I use um, is not in any one hotel, but he can cover me throughout the nation with Total Rewards. I also use two different independent hosts that are able to track my play in um, a couple of different places and then extend offers not only nationally but internationally. So if they have... Um, casinos in their book that they rep, they can make offers to me to get me either on their trip. Uh, usually that'll include airfare, food comps, some free play. And it brings you to many, many places that, uh, at least for me, I, I wouldn't go otherwise. I mean, it may be a really cool trip, but if I have Atlantic City in my backyard or, you know, Vegas you know, five hour flight, that's a lot better than, you know, going, uh, tropical, but, um, the Bahamas, the mini, uh, there's, there's a number of places that, you know, you can, you can get comped to just based upon your local play. And all it has to do, uh, with is having that independent host verify your play they basically operate as your agent or your broker, I guess, so to speak, with that property. And they kind of negotiate for you. And they say, this is who we have. This is what their play is. This is what you can expect. And, you know, you don't ever have to step foot in a place, assuming you've, you've built a track record with one of these hosts to, you know, within reason, get whatever you want. So are these people kind of like almost scouts who are going out and and finding players who they have for for casinos that they have deals with all over the place and that's why the casino feels like it's worth it to them to contract with them rather than just using their own hosts well the casino will use both i don't i don't know of any casinos that only use independent but a lot of them will have their own in-house people as well as contract with an independent host um, 
so from the, I guess I really can't speak for the casino, but uh, I assume their perspective is they're bringing in players that would otherwise not be there. And there is a, um, you know, a, a theoretical dollar amount that that player is worth. So what are they willing to give to bring that player in? So one piece goes to the host and one piece goes to the player in comps. And, you know, they expect that your loss will be what they want it to be. And, uh, you know, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But for the recreational gambler who likes to go different places and do different things, it, you know, t- to me it's kind of funny when I hear you guys talk about hotel rates. Like, I, I'm, I'm shocked that people pay for hotel rooms. When I, when I go away to a non-casino uh, resort and there's a bill for the hotel room, I got to admit it's a little bit of a shell shock because I, it just, you know um, – through uh, through total rewards, they actually guarantee me free rooms wherever I go. So we find ways to uh, make our travel both business and you know um, family travel. Even you know if we can make it work through a total rewards property, well, why would I pay for a Sheridan if I could stay at Harris for free? And that's just a matter of finding uh, of if you end up going someplace that happens to be close to a Harrah's or a total rewards property, they'll take care of the, the hotel effectively. Yeah. If you are um, if you're seven stars, um, that's actually one of the perks of the program. So they guarantee you in Atlantic city and in Vegas, if you give them two days notice, you have a room guaranteed and it's comped. I've never not been given a comped room um, as a, seven stars player throughout the total rewards network. And we've gone, we've gone a lot of places. It, you know, it's, it's worked out that a lot of the places that I go for business, even there is a TR property, not far from there. I just came from Kansas city and we were at Harris, North Kansas city. Um, you know, we didn't choose Kansas city. That was, that was where the business need was, but they have so many properties. It just, kind of works so so back when you were talking about how when you were first getting into it you Mm -hmm. mentioned that you and your friends were started reading some stuff about it are there any good resources that people can can find on on comps absolutely so the book that opened my eyes is a book called comp city written by max rubin uh, Max Rubin is now in uh, Barona in uh, Southern California. He's on the other side of things now, but he was probably the first um, most prolific comp harvester. Now, his his book is largely about blackjack, and some of the things that he tells you to do are probably um, – the material is a little bit dated and not everything he says is going to fly today, but conceptually what he talks about in that book is giving the casino less play out of your pocket than they think you're giving them and giving them enough so that the rewards are worth more than your theoretical loss. Um, for those that are also in or willing to uh, be with the uh, Total Rewards property, Caesars Entertainment, uh, Daryl McEwen has the Seven Stars Insider, which is a great, great resource. Um, he's got a monthly newsletter. He's got all sorts of information that comes out. It's largely uh, Total Rewards based, um, but there's tremendous value to be had. It, it doesn't necessarily teach you comp harvesting, but it does teach you how to maximize what to get out of each property. Um, Another good resource, I'm going to plug a member from the group, uh, Michael Traeger's website is Travelzork. And that's where that group gamble conversation came from. Um, Phenomenal, phenomenal resource. Uh, A lot of people who are in this comp game are kind of afraid to give a lot of the details and they don't want to spoon feed people because if too many people do it, it'll ruin it for the rest of us. I think Michael and his people do the best job I've seen of leading you down the path without spoon feeding you 
and letting you either figure it out or at least have a conversation piece where you could talk to somebody who might kind of help you through it. Um, I, I think if you do that, um, I, I like the Gambling with an Edge podcast. They don't go into specifics, but you can glean information and then from there figure out, um, you know, how is this applicable? Uh, Bob Dancer, who is both on the You Can Bet on That, and he also writes for Travel Zork. He will talk all the time about positive EV plays being based upon, you know, mailers plus comps plus, um, you know, your expected value in the game. And once you kind of let that marinate on your brain a little bit, you look at things differently. And um, that's that, that's where I would start, at least. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned all those, like, we... Uh... We certainly listen to to you can bet on that and and uh, gambling with an edge. I think is Bob Dancer's podcast, right? So, uh, and, and one of the funny things is uh, Doctor Mike from you can bet on that uh, mentioned something that you mentioned, which is like he was going to a wedding in Indiana and like they flew him and his family out to Southern Indiana put him up in Harris, Southern Indiana with his family, multiple rooms, I think three rooms for like him, his kids and his in-laws. Uh, and that was something that I never really thought about like here, because he, that's really where you get into benefits beyond just gambling, like beyond just bringing you to the casino to get you to sit down at the blackjack table, because then, you know, that's a trip he was going to make anyway. Like he was going to a wedding. And so now he's getting real value out of these comps. Uh, there was money that he was going to have to spend. Um, well, they'll but, pay for your airfare too, right? And that's I mean, yeah, yeah, that's, it, it, it's yeah, it, it's above and it's. I, I'm sorry, I kind of stepped on you there. Go ahead. Oh no, that's fine. Um, well, I mean, you mentioned the airfare, and that's that's a huge thing because one of the recent times I went to Vegas, I say recent, but it was probably five years ago. Uh, you know, my brother had a had a room at Monte Carlo for a conference and he's like, Oh, if you want to come out, you know, I've got a free room. And I very quickly realized like the room is not the expense. <laughs> like Everything, the, the flights, uh, the food, everything else is the expense. The room is meaningless. <laughs> like if that's the reason <laughs> to go out to Vegas, then I should go out to Vegas every weekend because the room rates are low. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just hearing that value is very interesting, but, but again, you know, we're kind of new to this and don't really know that much about it. So, you know, as total, uh, noobs to this, what should we know just starting out? Like, what is something, if you can tell the listener something that they should really understand, like, what are some tips uh, sort of for us? And I know you mentioned sort of the three-legged stool uh, offline before we talked of, of casino and comps offers. So can you explain that a little bit? Sure. So each program is going to have their own tier-based offers. Now, in my opinion, I think Total Rewards is by far the best program for it. Um, I'm not an apologist for them. Their properties are largely mediocre. Um, I'd much rather stay at Borgata than Harris. However, I understand the Total Rewards program. I'm able to see what the tier benefits are, and they are the most straightforward in what you are able to get for your dollar. And when I say dollar, it's not just gambling dollar. They also um, provide tier points for spend. So you've got your tier-based credits, right? So the, the free rooms are based upon your tier. Some offers are based upon your tier. Um, you get a couple of trips a year if you're seven stars, uh, the Diamond 2 and the annual trip. You know, they all have a value that you have to kind of look at, and it'll it'll offset whatever that um, – expected gambling loss is going to be you have uh the second leg is uh our hosts and you have to not only be connected with a host but you need to learn how to uh i think bob dancer refers to it as caring and feeding for the host you have to figure out how to become their friend so you can maximize what they can give you you know most of the time they have a boss that they have to answer to so learning how to uh best help your host will allow them to best help you and general offers you know uh, the mailers that you get assuming you're going to take advantage of them they have a value also so whether um, 
you pick one leg of the stool to work on or you kind of focus on all three, any one of them is going to get you more than if you just kind of um, haphazardly go through. You know, Kyle mentioned gambling as being an enter- uh, entertainment for him and that this sounds more like a job. Um, and there's some truth to that. You know, if you want to get more, you have to do more. And it requires scouting and it requires time and it requires building relationships with other people because you can't spend all your time in a casino. Um, I think for most people, the key would be, uh, let's, let's start with slot players. You know, if you're a husband and a wife or any two people that go down and you're both going to be playing on an electronic machine, play on the same card. Have two people play on one card, maximize, you know, if you're a quarter player and your friend, partner, spouse, whatever is a quarter player, well, now you're a 50 cent player. And that one person will get a better offer than the two people would separately. The casinos look at each each uh, patron, gambler, whatever, um, as having an overhead amount affiliated with it, right? There's a cost to the free drinks. There's a cost to the air conditioning. There's a cost to blah, 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 blah. If you're one person who gets a free room and two free meals and you're going to share the room anyway and you, you know, the two people are going to go get meals, it doesn't matter. There's no need to uh, – I think your story was you, you would check in at Tropicana and give them five seconds of play so they knew you were still alive. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they look at it and they say, well, he's really not covering his overhead. Right. Totally worthless to Tropicana. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know about totally worthless. You you have the premier Atlantic City podcast. So there is uh, yeah. clearly clearly value there. Don't don't discount yourself too much. Uh but if uh I'll just use the two of you, if you guys went down and the idea was for you to play on electronic games, it's easier electronically than it is on tables, but uh some places will let you operate as one bankroll uh and pull your um, action as one person there also look bigger than you really are. And if you're one person and you go by yourself, then it's probably not going to help you too much, but most people don't go to casinos by themselves and they will give you multiple cards. And if you have five people playing on one card, that works too. Um, each program might have their own rules. Each casino might have their own rules. I'm not advocating anybody do anything that is, strictly barred by the casino or the program. But if it's something that you're allowed to do, most places definitely spouses, they don't mind, you know, pull your play for sure. So you, right. So that's, I mean, a, a couple things you mentioned, I mean, for one thing, me and my wife definitely do both play under my card already, which, you know, she doesn't go to the casinos a whole lot and she doesn't play super high limits when she does. But, uh, you know, like you said, every little bit helps. And and about your other comment about me saying that it is it is like a job in a way and and yeah I understand it is and me and Craig actually have a friend who basically gets into all kinds of things like this like you know any any way there is to just sort of make money by you know one of his things was buying coins from the mint using his credit cards and yep. getting the rewards and just taking the coins churn. from the bank mm-hmm. right. Just churning through a bunch of stuff, and he does the same thing with some sort of, uh, I don't know, some of the fake debit cards you can get at the grocery store and stuff. Um, so, I, I, and I understand there's nothing value you can get out of that. I mean, for 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 me personally, I mean, if there's some easy things to do, like you said, you know, maybe pool or play or whatever, to do it, that's fine. I mean, I, I, I'm just so 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 pitch me on on some easy things to do that, that makes me feel like going to the casino is a recreational activity and not a uh, work, basically. Okay, so the easiest one that I would start with, um, again, it only works if you care about the Total Rewards Network. The Founders card is a uh, card that you can buy fairly cheap, a lot cheaper than it would cost you to earn diamond status. And included in that card, one of the benefits is you receive diamond status um, with total rewards, which gives you access to the diamond lounges. Anybody that I know that has the diamond card um, through Founders Card got 
very discounted rooms through uh, in Atlantic City and comped rooms in Vegas. Um, there are offers that are made specifically for Diamond players. Uh, and since I'm I'm already giving uh, Travels Orc a plug, I know that you can uh, go through their website and pick it up. Um, there are other ways out there, but um, you know, well, Neil said I could talk about him. So you guys have uh, met Neil. He's a fairly active member in the uh, Facebook group. Um, he told me I could share this. So he was a practicing comp harvester, but was not giving them very much play. And he got a call one day and they said, Neil, we know what you're up to. There's not a whole lot of play going on, but you're asking for things left and right. We're going to cut you off. And he got all up, uh, uh, up in a puff and in a huff or whatever. And he called me up and he said, you know, they're, they're not going to give it to me. And I told him about the founder's card and he went and he got the founder's card. I think he paid $300 and I wound up giving him like a year and a half worth of benefit. And aside from waiving resort fees left and right and access to the diamond lounge, now he's comped everywhere. <laughs> and so you, you really don't have to do an awful lot. I mean, it's, is there an expense? Yes. Are you going to receive $300 worth of value if you go a couple of times a year? Absolutely. So you have to look at the programs. You have to see what's available, what's out there. Um, another thing that we covered in the, in the Facebook group is to watch your average daily theoretical. So if you happen to be a player, let's assume um, it really doesn't matter the game. I'll use myself as an example. I tend to play the highest limits at blackjack. That's really my game. I have friends that enjoy craps. I enjoy playing with them. I'm not going to play craps at the same level that I played blackjack. Um, you know, you do that same um you know, look at the math and say, all right, well, two standard deviations. No, I don't think I want to play that at the level I play blackjack. I'm not going to give them my card. The casinos, no, I'm, by that I mean my player's card. I don't want to be rated. And if you're going to play at a much lower level than you're playing now, you need to, or your average play, you need to protect what the casino knows about you. If the casino knows you to be a average $100 better and you're going to make $5 bets, you just don't hand them your card. And when they ask for it, you smile and say, I prefer not to be rated. And they know exactly what that means. And they say, thank you, sir, and go on. Um, you need to protect your image with the casino. Don't take an offer, go there and not play, and then expect that same offer to be there. And so so you mentioned the the rating and not giving your card. And one thing that I've heard, um, certainly Mark on on you can bet on that, and we've had emailers say the same thing is they they check how they're rated. And obviously that's really easy to do in total rewards. But it seems like a lot of people are actually very concerned about how they're rated. Uh, and you know, go to the host right after they play and they say, oh, can you tell me how I'm rated? And then they get upset because they're not rated properly or whatever. Uh, should, is that something that you should be really concerned about? Should I be, I mean, not, I don't have a host, but should, theoretically, if I had a host, should I be going to the host and checking my rating and making sure I'm getting rated correctly, or is that going to sort of even out in the long run? All right, so it, it's way, way easier than that. And yes, you should you should care, but you shouldn't freak out about it. So two things. If you are a table games player, at the end of your session... Assuming you've had a halfway decent rapport, not only with the dealers, but with the pit boss, you simply ask, what did you have me rated at? And for how long? I don't go to the TR desk. I don't go ask my host. None of that. I know before I leave the table. So on the, the episode of You Can Bet on That, where they were talking about, you know, you check your TR points and you look to see where that is. That gives you a number and, you know, they have daily tier bonuses. So it matters if you're at a thousand or 2,500 or 5,000 uh, tier credits for the day. But in general, you just ask the pit boss, what did you have me rated at? Now, here's what I'll tell you. If you're tipping the dealers and tip the dealers, 
if the number doesn't make sense, you politely, there's no reason to get up in a huff. You just tell them that you think it's incorrect. You know, they're not watching every hand. And you ask the dealer to vouch for you. Well, if you have me down for a $50 average bet, and I think it really should be a $100 average bet, and I say to the pit, you know, there was some fluctuation. I think maybe um, that's a little light. Why don't you ask the dealer? And he will ask the dealer who you have been tipping regularly. If they're a halfway decent person, they will say, yeah, it really was closer to 100 And they will go back into the computer and update the average. That right there will take care of um, the average bet the average amount of play, meaning time-wise, you're going to know what that is. You can ask them also how long you've been checked in for. And that will convert to reward credits, tier credits, points, if you're not in the you know, total reward system. And you know, a uh, table game usually takes maybe an hour or so to filter through the system. What I would say is, you know, if you are still in the casino and you find out that you're at 999 points and that's only going to bonus 125 tier credits and you throw five bucks into a slot machine, it's going to put you to a thousand and then they'll bonus a thousand tier credits. It's well worth your five bucks, no matter what happens. Right. And we, we might be able to extrapolate that to 50 bucks, a hundred bucks, whatever the math makes sense for you in what your goals are. What are you trying to extract from the system? What are you trying to earn? And when you know where your base is, I would say don't leave the casino without knowing if you're really close to one of those bonuses. And at that point, you know, it might make sense. Everybody says don't play for comps, don't play for comps. I agree with that, but whatever happened behind in the past is already in the past. But if I need to put another $50 in the machine to earn, you know, let's let's go up a level. If I go to 2,500 tier credits for the day, they bonus me 5,000. Well, that might be worth an extra 50 bucks or 100 bucks to me. And each person will have their own um, valuation on what a tier credit is worth. And it works very much like the people that you talked about who um, are really into um, – churning credit card, uh, manufacturing spend, any of those games uh, where, you know, they're, they're earning free hotel stays and airfares. It's the same thing. You just want to maximize value for your gambling dollar and obviously only do it if you're enjoying yourself. You know, the comp all by itself isn't worth it. So, so I've got a, a question for you. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember if it was actually at the beginning of the episode or before we came on, but you were you were talking big. Uh, you could get Craig to platinum after his next trip. So, so what would you do to to make that happen? Other than sort of telling him to just buy the the founders card and go to diamond. Well, all right. So the the first step would be founders card, but I mean, in right. reality, you know, I I don't know if you always show up. The last time, you know, when I mentioned Atlantic City, what were there, five of you, I think? Right. right. Uh, four, I four? think, with the that four? time. Four? Yeah. Five. No, it was five. It was five. It was five. All right. It was so, Dave, Dave Taylor and Andy and us. Right. So, I mean, we, we would make Craig the player of the day, and everybody would play mm-hmm. on Craig's card. And, you know, if you needed help from somebody who might help push it over the edge, then, you know, maybe you'd have six in your group. And you just push through. You get to your diamond in a day, just like you had gotten yours on the video mm-hmm. poker. You know, a lot of little bricks make a big wall. It doesn't, uh, you know, to get to base diamond doesn't, it doesn't take an awful lot of effort. It just requires focus. Right. Right. Uh, Well, I mean, so, so for me, uh, you know, it seems like in the last three years, they've kind of closed a lot of the, I'll say the cheapest ways to get to, to diamond in a day because, I mean, for me, and this is my, what I think about it, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, but it's much easier to do for a lot of reasons at a slot machine or at a video poker machine than, than at a table. And, you know, the, the good quote unquote video poker machines have been going away and the ones that haven't are now rated differently in the system than sort of the, the bad video poker machines. So that's a, it's a great question. And you're right. It's, it's a little bit more difficult today than it was a couple of years ago. This is where it goes back to having friends that are in the know that are willing to share. Uh, you know, I received a message not too long ago that there's a full pay video poker machine that is 
awarding tier credits incorrectly and it's actually, you know, for every six dollars in it's rewarding one tier credit. Uh yeah, one <laughs> tier credit. So, you know, there's there's a lot of ways to do it. Um and sometimes you have to look beyond Atlantic City. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on this show, but um, it's fine. Okay, there there are other areas. Uh, you know, Harris, Philadelphia, which is in Chester, which is I don't know, maybe an hour from Atlantic City. They have mm-hmm. they have some options. There are playable games in Atlantic City. Um, what I would say is it's maybe not as easy as it used to be. And yes, they do award more tier credits for slot play because the house edge is higher. You know, there's a, there's a direct proportion to tier credit earning and house edge, a direct relationship. Yeah. Um, but you also may want to look at, and this is, this is going to sound absolutely crazy, but your spending, your non-resort spending can be run through the total rewards network and get you there as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, without getting into real specifics, there are many opportunities to be had where people could earn diamond and even seven stars and probably never even gamble a dollar. Okay. Cool. So, I mean, you know, I, you know, I, Total Rewards sends out plenty of of offers to, you know, sign up for this service or that and get, well, usually it's reward credits, not necessarily tier credits, but uh, I, I definitely see a lot of that. Correct. We can, we can talk offline. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, sure. You. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, without getting into too much, too much of that detail, I, I know one thing that I've talked about with my, with our friend Andy, who's a big, uh, credit point churner is the total rewards credit card and sort of the idea well it gives you platinum automatically which you know kyle and i've talked about many many times platinum means nothing it gets you like basically worth 15 percent in the gift shop and (laughs) like there's that's basically it uh but is there is there value to the total rewards credit card is that something that i should just be ignoring entirely or or is there any reason for me to do that as sort of a low roller just to make me feel good to have a card higher than gold (laughs) Um, okay. So the total rewards credit card is probably the greatest asset I have, um, in generating comps. It is tremendously valuable. Um, but it, it really requires thinking outside of the box. So if we were to think about your friend who buys, um, you know, the mint used to let you, ship coins and then deposit at the bank and you know they were earning points that way every dollar that you spend on the credit card is worth a reward credit now if a reward credit is worth more than a penny to you that's greater than a one percent return on your money um those reward credits can be used for a lot of things and right right so uh, i'm kind of dancing on a thin line here but um Here's what I would tell you. If if you're going all in and you think that you're going to spend time, energy, effort, and money into comp harvesting, yeah, I think you need the credit card. If you're going to go a couple of times a year and it really, you know, you don't want a part-time job, you want it to be just fun when you're there, then it's probably not going to offer you a whole lot. Okay. Okay. Um but the the same games that the can I call them travel hacking people? I, I um, yeah. you know the miles and points people could do something very similar with a total rewards credit card. Um, total rewards uh, reward credits can be redeemed for free play based upon your level, your tier status. Um, at a somewhat reasonable rate and outside of Atlantic city in a lot of places that free play can be used to earn tier credits. So I'll give you a, for example, without, um, going into too much detail, 
let's assume somebody had a large spend that they were going to put on their card or business expenses or whatever. And then they were going to redeem those reward credits for free play. In Vegas, it still works. Caesar's Palace allows you to um, convert up to $1,000 a day in free play off of your reward credits. All of that free play counts as dollar in, coin in. You could cycle through that coin in at a high enough level and earn a very large tier bonus. So if somebody who wanted to do diamonds in a day and had the ability to spend on that credit card legitimately for their own purposes and then take a trip to Vegas and they were going to be there for five days, they could redeem $1,000 a day and then wait until the fifth day when they have $5,000 that they can put through the machine that didn't cost them a dollar and cycle through that $5,000. You're probably looking at 25,000 coin in. That would be your diamond in a day. Theoretically. Not that I know that that works. But, you know, <laughs> wow. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll assume it works, right? <laughs> uh, so, I mean, for us, and I think for certainly a segment of our listeners uh, who are sort of low rollers and maybe coming into this thinking, this is just all above me at my level of play. It's not really going to make a difference. Is there anything that we should keep in mind if we're the sort of red chip players as, as Vegas fanboy calls us, Uh, you know, Uh, beyond just, (laughs) beyond just team, team, team play and all that stuff, which you've mentioned and certainly would be very helpful. Is there anything else we should be trying to keep in mind? I, you're hitting all of my favorite podcasts here. So besides you guys, we've got Adam and uh, we've got Mark and Dr. Mike. Um, you have to look at the program and how it rewards your play. So total rewards works for me. You may find if you're a red chip player, you may get the best value at resorts. You may get the best, you know, the, the Taj was phenomenal. I, I know you guys kind of, you know, poo-poo the Taj a little bit, um, but they were phenomenal for low rollers in the offers that they give. Um, I, I don't think it's any one particular action as much as it is look at what's being offered relative to the action that you're giving and find the program that most aligns with what you want to get out of it. They all operate differently, and they all have, um, let's call them subtleties, in which uh, one program might be more advantageous for a slots player as opposed to a table player. Um, if free rooms are more important to you, then obviously the larger networks with more inventory are probably going to be better for you. Um, some people care about tickets and you know uh, tickets to shows, things like that. Some places are much more willing to give out entertainment comps than others. Um, you, you got to do a little bit of homework um, and, and kind of figure out what it is that you are looking for and who's offering it at their lower levels. And that, I mean, that would be my best, uh, my best bit of advice. Yeah. I mean, certainly the investigation part, I think is a, is a big part of it. And that, I think a lot of people who get into it want to just dive right in and start getting their comps. You know, I played for a day. I've showed you that I bet a X amount per hand. Just give me what it, what's coming to me, right? Um, and it seems like it's it's not that easy. Uh, you know, we've been going, Kyle and I, Kyle's certainly been going longer than I have, but, you know, we've been going together for, for six or seven years now. And, you know, I see, like you've mentioned, very different comps. Like Total Rewards is much more likely to give me a room. I mean, Resorts is probably the most likely to give me a room um, just because of... They probably sell less rooms, but like Tropicana is far, far more likely to give me a show ticket. Like I get comp show tickets from Tropicana frequently offers, even though I rarely gamble there. Uh, Borgata gives me much more match play than I get anywhere else. So, so really it's interesting to see these, these differences and sort of what I value and sort of in my mind, it's kind of shocking that Borgata feels like they're giving me the most value just because I value the free play a lot based on 
what my play is, although really Kyle and I have talked about what we really value is the rooms, and that's why we end up at Total Rewards uh, or, you know, the one time we've ended up at resorts <laughs> uh, pretty often. So, you know, it's kind of like rooms, number one, free play, at least to me, number two, and then, you know, all the other stuff, food and beverage, whatever. Like, that's nice, but that's not really what I'm I'm going for. Right, and once you make that evaluation for yourself, you know, my uh, when I look at what I receive in the form of comps relative to my um, dollar of action, I'm going to probably have a, a different valuation on those comps than you. So what might be a home run for me, you or any of the listeners might think to themselves, well, uh, you know, that's not really for me. Well, then there's no reason for them to um, seek that out as a as a goal, right? Um, my, my wife loves the seven stars lounge. Well, if I said to her, you know what, we're not going to play anymore at total rewards. We're going to go elsewhere. I would hear about how much she loves the seven stars lounge and she wants to stay there. So we would stay there. But, um, you know, it's to maximize any of this requires a little bit of homework, a little bit of conversation, I think your Facebook group has been a phenomenal resource for anybody who's willing to participate. Um, I won't speak for anybody else, but I, you know, I frequently, um, you know, am on that page. And if anybody had direct questions about their play and what they wanted, I would volunteer to help them. Um, you know, you got to do a, a little bit of homework on your own, but um, for the most part, you learn from people who have done it before you and um, you know, I'll, I'll throw that out there. I'm happy to help. Yeah. And just, just to reiterate, I mean the Facebook group, I know we sort of pimp the Facebook group nonstop, but the big thing to me about the Facebook group is, you know, Kyle and I are not experts on every property or probably experts on any property in Atlantic city. You know, we just like the town and follow the news. And so when you've got a big group and it's now, you know, 90 some odd people, which you can debate about whether that's big or not, but certainly in my mind, you know, it's bigger than Kyle and I, uh, it, it gets, it gets you, you know, there's going to be 10 people who love Taj and that, and we saw that when the news came out that Taj closed, there's going to be a bunch of people who are really into total rewards and following that or people who are really into what comps you can get at Borgata, and they only go to Borgata, or they only go to Harris. So there are people who sort of know the ins and outs of what you can expect to get or where the best place to go is for dinner and all that stuff. So that's been the coolest thing for me, um, and really what the sort of value added is, to use a dorky uh, MBA term, since Kyle and I both have MBAs, <laughs> uh, from the Facebook group is really just sort of that crowdsourcing of uh, content that goes way beyond what Kyle and I could possibly offer on our own. Uh, is there anything, is there anything we're missing? I know we've talked about a lot of stuff. Um, we talked about what low rollers can have in mind. Uh, what about one other thing I just wondering, was wondering is, you know, I've been going for a long time. I've been to all the casinos. I have a play history at every casino and it's pretty piss poor at every casino. Uh, do I just need to sort of have patience, uh, to increase my, daily theoretical and trip theoretical or is there anything i can do to just boost it quickly i mean if i go and i do the team thing are they going to say oh my goodness this guy's a big player now or are they going to say oh this guy we know this guy he's this is this is bullshit he's not actually betting uh you know five bucks a spin at slots or or a hundred dollars a hand at blackjack or anything like that so they track your play um in rolling time frames the offers that you're receiving now are based upon the play that you had in the past. Uh, I don't know. I don't know for a fact if they're all on a rolling six month or rolling twelve month, but your your average updates based upon uh, a much more recent time frame. So the fact that you were a low roller two years ago, but now you're showing more play, they're not tracking. They're not looking back five years at your play. At least I don't believe they are. In my experience, if you show a spike in your play and, uh, you know, one time probably isn't going to move the needle that much, but a couple of times will, you're going to see a difference in offers. You're going to see a difference in 
um, what's made available to you. And I think um, for the most part, you know, knowing that, you know, you guys aren't there every month, you're going to have probably two plays in that, let's say in that six month time frame where they're, they're looking at your play. You're, you're building a new history. You're building a relationship. It isn't like, all right, I played today and I demand my comps today. It's very much, um, it's a, it's a longer end game. And if you want the comps to come in the future, you start now and you protect what your, um, you protect what your image is to the casino. Don't come in and gamble for a dollar. Or if you're going to come in and gamble for a dollar, then don't use your card. Picking up, you know, three cents in comps that day isn't going to help you in the long run. It's going to hurt. And I would say if you went down and you played at a higher level by whatever means, you know, you decided to use, um, you know, probably by the beginning of next year, I think you would see substantially better offers. Cool. I mean, I think that, that this has been really great. I mean, I know at least for me, it's been interesting and it's given me some stuff to think about and, and I, I hope the listeners agree. I think, um, yeah, it's been a lot, but it's, it's been good. So, uh, as you, you mentioned, Eric, uh, you are on the Facebook group. So if people have more questions, they can reach out to you there. And uh, we were talking about it a little bit before we got on the air, but Craig and I, I think we, it sounds like we're probably a go for the first weekend of November, right, Craig? Yeah, I think we're, you know, pencil it in, November 4th, 5th weekend. <laughs> uh, you know, I've been checking my TR rates. They haven't been great, but <laughs> we'll, we'll figure something out <laughs> for that weekend. So so um, it's it sounds like there's at least a couple of people who, who we met up with last time, including maybe Eric, who who the fourth and the fifth may, may work for as well. So I, I think that we're, we're moving at least closer to solidifying that date and saying that that is going to be the next date. We're in Atlantic city and we'd love to meet up with people for, for a beer or whatever and play some craps or whatever people want to play. And if anybody needs some team gambling, that's a ready made team, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that could be a one year anniversary of sorts. I think our first episode was, was November, late November, but we'll call it close okay. enough. Uh, <laughs> a one-year anniversary of the podcast, so that's kind of cool, um, and also sort of a post-Vimp event. Um, Eric, are you going to Vimp this year? I will be there. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's the big hot ticket <laughs> in Vegas. Apparently, yeah. I know they sold it, it, out really quickly of their booster uh, program. If I could, if I could give a brief shout out to my wife, Vimp runs right along with my ten-year anniversary. And my wife knew that I really wanted to go, so she is coming with me to Vimp so we can celebrate our anniversary in Vegas. Nice, Kyle. Yeah, you hear that? Yeah, I know. See, I, I know. So, so October fifteenth is is obviously during Vimp weekend, but uh, it's also my my son's first birthday. So I'm like, uh, you know, Craig keeps like, yeah, you should go, you should go. I'm like, uh, I don't think that's gonna happen this year. Just bring him. You've heard. <laughs> now that's that's the protocol. You just bring Isaac. It's totally fine. I suspect he would have less fun in Vegas than, than Eric's <laughs> wife would. But um. <laughs> yeah, I expect you would have less fun in Vegas with a one year old. With a, a one year old, yes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think this has been great. Very, very informative. Um, certainly, again, stuff that we are not experts on at all. So it's it's great, right. great to have you on, Eric. Uh, as sort and of, I know there was a couple things that that you said you wanted to talk about that we just didn't have time. So I think I think we'll have to have you on again and uh, a little bit later in the year if I'd you're amenable it. to that. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, so thank you uh, to Eric, our expert comp harvester. Find him in right. find him in and, our. Uh, one one of our very early listeners as well. He reached out to us pretty pretty early on, sort of before the Facebook group, before any of that. So. So thank you very much for listening to as well, Eric. Uh, I appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. Yeah, you've had to you've had to stick through. Uh, you know, you you stuck through all of uh, all of the Atlantic City news that we've talked about that nobody probably cares about. <laughs> I, I cared about it. I'm I'm one of the ones that enjoyed it. But you know, you you gotta. It's a balance, right? All right. It's what we're shooting for. 
so you can find Eric and all sorts of other fun Atlantic City fans in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash do for a win. The website is doforawin.com. That's where you can find our posts, our guest posts, uh, the blogs that we have not been posting over the last several months <laughs> that we should get back. Several years. Um, uh, the podcast is on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Uh, you can find the Twitter at doforawin, and you can send any questions to doforawin at gmail.com. So thanks again to Eric for being here. This was totally awesome. We will talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And we hope you all have very good luck if you are headed to Atlantic City and doing your comp harvesting thing and trying to get your diamond status and all of that stuff. <laughs> yep, we'll talk to you all in a, in a couple of weeks and hopefully see you guys the first weekend of November. Didn't you say that that Neil also is reaching out to you because he really wants to go to Atlantic City with us again. He was. Uh, he said. He said November fourth, fifth. He said, "Let's do it." Yeah, he's in. He sent me the dates. He was like, "Clear your calendar. <laughs> We're going." <laughs>